Chapter 35 Sapia qualunque il mio nome dimanda, chi mi son lia, e vo movendo intorno la belle mani a farmi una ghirlanda. Dante, Purgatorio, Canto 27, Lines 100 to 102 Lia Now I despair of seeing her again, but I might never have met her, and that would have been worse. I wish she were here to hold my hand while I reconstruct the stages of my undoing, because she told me so. But no, she must remain outside this business, she and the child. I hope they put off their return, that they come back when everything is finished, however it may finish. It was July 16th, 1981. Milan was emptying. The reference room of the library was almost deserted. Hey, I need volume 109 myself. Then why did you leave it here? I just went back to my seat for a minute to check a note. That's no excuse. She took the volume stubbornly and went to her table. I sat down across from her, trying to get a better look at her face. How can you read it like that unless it's in Braille? I asked. She raised her head, and I really couldn't tell whether I was looking at her face or the nape of her neck. What? she asked. Oh, I can see through it all right. But she lifted her hair as she spoke, and she had green eyes. You have green eyes? Of course I do. Is that bad? No, there should be more eyes like that. That's how it began. Eat, you're thin as a rail, she said to me at supper. At midnight we were still in the Greek restaurant near Pilades, the candle guttering in the neck of the bottle as we told each other everything. We did almost the same work. She checked encyclopedia entries. I felt I had to tell her. At twelve-thirty, when she pulled her hair aside to see me better, I aimed a forefinger at her, thumb raised, and went, Pow! Me too, she said. That night we became flesh of one flesh, and from then on, she called me Pow. We couldn't afford a new house. I slept at her place, and sometimes she stayed with me at the office or went off investigating because she was smarter than I when it came to following up clues. She was good also at suggesting connections. We seem to have a half-empty file on the Rosicrucians, she said. I should go back to it one of these days. They're notes I took in Brazil. Well, put in a cross-reference to Yates. What's Yates got to do with it? Plenty. I see here that he belonged to a Rosicrucian society that was called Stella Matutina. What would I do without you? I resumed going to Pilates because it was like a marketplace where I could find customers. One evening I saw Belbo again. He must have been coming rarely in the past few years, but he showed up regularly after meeting Lorenzo Pellegrini. He looked the same, maybe a bit grayer, maybe slightly thinner. It was a cordial meeting, given the limits of his expansiveness, a few remarks about the old days, sober reticence about our complicity in that last event and its epistolary sequel. Inspector De Angelis hadn't been heard from again. Case closed? Who could say? I told him about my work, and he seemed interested. Just the kind of thing I'd like to do, the Sam Spade of culture, twenty bucks a day and expenses. Except that no fascinating, mysterious women have dropped in on me, and nobody ever comes to talk about the Maltese Falcon, I said. You never can tell. Are you enjoying yourself? Enjoying myself? I asked. I quoted him. 
It's the only thing I seem to be able to do well. Bon pour vous, he said. We saw each other again after that, and I told him about my Brazilian experience, but he seemed more absent than usual. When Lorenza Pellegrini wasn't there, he kept his eyes glued to the door, and when she was, he glanced nervously along the bar, following her every move. One night near closing time, he said without looking at me, Listen, we might be able to use your services, but not for a single consultation. Could you give us, say, a few afternoons each week? We can discuss it. What does it involve? A steel company has commissioned a book about metals, something with a lot of illustrations, serious but for the mass market. You know the sort of thing, metals in history, from the Iron Age to spaceships. We need somebody who will dig around in libraries and archives and find beautiful illustrations, old miniatures, engravings from nineteenth-century volumes on smelting, for instance, or lightning rods. All right, I'll drop by tomorrow. Lorenzo Pellegrini came over to him. Would you take me home? Why me? Belbo asked. Because you're the man of my dreams. He blushed as only he could blush and looked away. There's a witness, he said, and to me, I'm the man of her dreams. This is Lorenza. Ciao. Ciao. He got up, whispered something in her ear. She shook her head. I asked for a ride home, that's all. Ah, he said. Excuse me, Kasabin. I have to play chauffeur to the woman of someone else's dreams. Idiot, she said to him tenderly, and kissed him on the cheek. 